I woke up out of a sound sleep. I felt like I had been hit on the head. And all of a sudden, I got a very peaceful feeling, and I thought, well, it's over now. And I fell back to sleep. Welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, and unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week we are talking about the um, the case of Kathy Hobbs. I think case is a is a good way to describe it because there's a lot there's a lot going on here. There's was an unsolved murder, which has since been solved, but the unknowable portion of this whole topic is a little bit weirder than that. That hasn't been yeah. solved. I was going to say the case was a good word. I was waiting to see what, if you were going to say the murder, the death, the case. And yeah, I think the case is the best because really the unknowable part isn't really the murder. No, for once. Which is kind of interesting for us. So uh, this was a story that I heard about on Unsolved Mysteries, the TV Classic. show. Which, of course, yeah, if... Any of you listeners have not watched it. So there is a new version of Unsolved Mysteries, which I think came out last year. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. But yeah, it's pretty good. The But the original is great. And anybody who has watched it, like when it was on TV, you will never forget that theme song. Like, you just won't. <laughs> right. Um, and hearing it again, I remember I hadn't watched it, you know, probably since that point, since like maybe teenage years, if even that old. And um, we watched it again, like as adults and hearing that theme song, I was like, holy shit, like yeah. the most nostalgic song up there with the X-Files theme right, for me. Right. It's buried deep in Intense. your consciousness. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you haven't seen it, anybody listening, you should. The original and the new series is actually great, too. But um, anyways, this story is interesting. So we'll kind of just dive into it i suppose this is essentially a murder mm-hmm. story but it's a little deeper than that yeah um so kathy hobbs is a girl that had a tough childhood um her parents divorced when she was eight which was really hard on her she was really close to her dad um and when she was in middle school a close friend of hers died from a heart condition so mm. that's traumatic at that age at any age um, but something interesting about Kathy is that she almost always spoke of feelings or premonitions and it started out as predictions that she would die at an early age. Um, weird. And eventually around eight years old, she became specific enough to say that she wouldn't make it to her 16th birthday. It's very specific. Um, yeah. I mean, I think predicting that you're going to die at an early age is kind of odd enough as it is, but to have a number in mind at some point that 16, you're not going to make it to 16. Right. Um, very interesting. So at some point she moved with her family to a residential apartment complex in Las Vegas in order to kind of actually to kind of help her get her mind off of her fears. They sort of did that as a sort of a fresh start for the family and for her. Right. Um, 
She made several friends and she seemed to adjust pretty well until it was nearing her 16th birthday. Hmm. She uh, once again feared she was going to die. She spent all of her time in her room. She refused to leave the house. And But on the morning of her 16th birthday, she was really surprised and relieved. Um, she realized she was still alive. She felt like she had overcome her fears. She confided in her family that the premonitions were unfounded and she began to kind of live this more normal teenage life hmm. um her sister Teresa remembers her saying i made it mom i made it i'm 16 i did it i'm alive oh. so she kind of felt like yeah she had been scared all these years i mean this was at eight she predicted this so for eight years of her life um and even really before that she thought that she was gonna die at right. this young age so she's started spending more time with friends she started wearing makeup and getting interested in that. She really liked beauty products and decided she wanted to pursue this career as a beautician. And she was planning to open her own salon. She kind of like got this new vigor for life. Um, but then July 23rd, 1987, the year of my birth. Oh yeah. She vanished. She was reading a book in her room that night. She, uh, about 11 p.m., she told her mother, Vivian, that she was going to take a quick trip down to the nearby supermarket to purchase another book. Hmm. Um, the store was just a couple blocks away, so her mom, Vivian, believed that she would just walk to the store with friends in their apartment complex like she usually did. Hmm. But none of her friends were around that night, so she went alone. Hmm. About 3 a.m., Vivian, the mother, awoke from a sound sleep. Um, that cold open quote is... Referencing this. Yeah. She uh, felt that she had been hit on the head and afterwards had this peaceful feeling and felt that, quote, it was over Oof. and went back to sleep. Gives yeah. me chills. I know. I know. <clears throat> and at the time, she didn't understand the meaning of that and didn't necessarily think much of it. But she woke up the next morning and saw that her daughter's bed was empty. So... Contacted the police. They did an extensive search. It initially was feared that she had been abducted. The media, you know, local media publicized her disappearance. Volunteers were mobilized. People were searching for this girl. Mm. Um, a supermarket employee who was later questioned by the police said he sold Kathy a book and she left. Nothing seemed strange. Store receipts confirmed that someone purchased a paperback novel at 11.17 p.m. Mm. So... It showed that she had made it to the store at um, anybody in Vegas, Desert Inn Road and Maryland Parkway, but authorities couldn't determine where she went from there. So it was believed that they, she was abducted, but there were no witnesses to kind of corroborate that, despite the fact that it was a pretty populated area. Um, hmm. And then nine days later, a geologist looking for rock crystals discovered Kathy's body in a remote field near Lake Mead, about an hour's drive from Las Vegas. Wow. Um Cool aside, I've been to Lake Mead. Wow. Pretty sweet. Humble yeah. brag. And to Vegas. No big deal. Twice. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> okay. Humble brag. Anyways, um, tire prints were found at the scene, which showed that a vehicle had pulled in, turned around, and left. And they found two rocks near her body that were covered in blood, which was analyzed and found to match her blood type. And then... It was determined by the coroner that she had died from repeated blows to the head and that she had also been sexually assaulted. Oof. So, tragically, it seems that her premonitions were almost completely accurate. She died just three months after turning 16. 
which is crazy. Um, she was so close to predicting it too. Like that's, that's pretty chilling, honestly. Yeah. It's a little freaky. And she even, after her death, her family found letters that she had written to them. Um, they were dated just a month before her 16th birthday. And she spoke of how much she loved them and that she didn't want them to be upset. Um, the one her mom read, quote, Dear Mother, in the event of my death, you shall get this letter. I hope you live happily, and I don't want you or anyone else to dwell on my death. I love you all very dearly. You were good to me, and nobody else could have been a better mother. Keep me alive in your heart, and don't ever forget me. Love always, Kathy. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, she was convinced enough that she wanted to have her family members have these letters, which is especially intense, considering she did die and they got the letters and right yeah um jesus yeah so the authorities continue their investigation um october 24th exactly three months after she vanished an answering machine at the las vegas pd recorded a call from an anonymous informant who claimed to have witnessed her abduction Hmm. he gave the correct location of where she was last seen along with what she was wearing that night he said he saw two men dragging her into a car that she was screaming and that one of the abductor's names was Robbie. Hmm. So yeah, it had previously been theorized that she was abducted by one or two individuals somewhere between the store and her apartment. And they believe that she was driven to the lake and killed that evening, which the caller's info seemed to fit with, but hmm. they checked the license plate number that was given and it didn't exist. So they didn't know what the deal was with that. And then she was eventually, her death was linked to a serial killer named Michael Lee Lockhart from Toledo, Ohio. Um, yeah. In May of 87, he stole a blue 1986 Toyota Celica and kept it until November, 1987. Mm-hmm. And so authorities believe that during this time he abducted and killed Kathy. Right. Um, blue fibers found at the crime scene matched fibers from the vehicle Credit card receipts placed him in Vegas at the time of the murder, and um, apparently when he was questioned, he virtually confessed. So, he was convicted for several murders, uh, Texas, Indiana, Tennessee, and Florida, and was executed in 1997. So, totally solved murder. This serial killer came to Vegas, killed this girl. Um, But, I don't know, I just, this story always stuck with me as to like how and why did this girl feel that she was going to die and how did she get it so close right like i guess what's like the the fixation on dying at 16 is weird in and of itself and if she had died by like suicide or if there was any indication that she had like i don't know like take taken steps to end her own life in some way or like not not save her own life or something that would be one thing but this is just such a random thing to have happened to her that there's no way she could have predicted it or like caused it to happen in any way she would have had to have like had that premonition or something like it seems legit for that reason because it's so close to what she told people like that she was going to be like abducted and killed before she was 16. The only thing she got wrong was that it was three months after her 16th birthday. Right. It's very strange. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it is odd. Yeah. I mean, she didn't, 
as far as I know, she didn't specify how she was going to die, just that she was going to die. But still, I think even if she had just said she was going to die at a young age, that's like such an open thing. Like what's considered young, you know, like somebody in their 20s is young. Somebody in their 30s is young. But specifically being like, yep, I'm going to die before I hit 16 is more specific to me. And then the fact that she died just after she turned 16 like it's not like she died when she was 10 and it was well before there's something about the fact that she almost nailed the number exactly Mm -hmm. is freaky to me right um and you know what would make a young kid if she had already been having premonitions of dying young before she came to this number at age eight i mean eight is pretty freaking young so a kid younger than that being convinced and like vocalizing to people that she was going to die at a young age is pretty intense. Yeah. Um, if our kid, like if Fox came to me and was like, Hey dad, I'm going to die before I'm 16. I'd be like, excuse me. Can you repeat that? What? <laughs> yeah. Like what makes you think that? Yeah. And I, there wasn't much info about that as far as like how often was this mentioned to her parents, to her family? Um, I don't think it was, in the notes that I have, I don't think it was mentioned that, okay, no, her parents divorced when she was eight. So I read a bunch of different theories, which we'll kind of talk about now. And one of them was that, um, oh, well, like the divorce, you know, she was really close with her dad. This was really tough on her. So she, you know, things started then. Like, that makes sense. Maybe she was just really upset. And this kind of, I don't know, felt like it ended her childhood in a way. So she was speaking kind of from that right whatever but the fact that she had premonitions of dying before that and i guess we don't know if her parents divorced when she was eight it's very plausible that they had a rough marriage before then so maybe right that contributed she heard them arguing maybe they said to each other that they were you know we need to end this or i'm gonna leave you or something and maybe she maybe she knew it was coming um and that's why the premonitions had started. I don't know. There's hmm. people had theorized about her friend dying of the heart condition and that, you know, maybe she was scared that she was also going to die of a heart condition, but it said that that happened in middle school. So this was long before right. middle school that she was a having premonitions and B had set an age of 16, you know, so doesn't seem like that triggered it and like yeah like i i get the whole like going through divorce could cause changes in sort of like personality and cause you know kids to have like intrusive dark thoughts but again like theorizing that you're going to die before you're 16 years old it's very specific and very i feel like non-characteristic of what the children of divorce kind of like what their dark and intrusive thoughts are you know what i mean it doesn't seem like mm. it fits with that that story. That just seems like a convenient way to sweep it under the rug because I don't know. It just doesn't seem as like it just doesn't it does that doesn't feel normal. I've never heard another story like this. I've never heard of somebody like prophesizing their death in this way and it coming true. Right. Yeah. And anybody listening who knows more about this type of thing, feel free to let us know. But yeah, I thought the same thing. I just didn't think that predicting one's own death was going to be a normal yeah normal side effect of a even if it was like a a terribly traumatic um 
childhood as far as her parents' relationship. It gave no indication of that from what I read, but who knows? Right. Um, you know, most likely she's dead now and most likely the mother who seemed to be the one person that was um, kind of giving information about this besides her sister, like probably weren't going to volunteer that information that her childhood was horrible. So right. the, probably the only person who really knows that is her and maybe her sister. Um, right. But I don't know. Yeah. That didn't seem like a, a normal thing. So, and some people were theorizing like, Oh, maybe what she meant in a way was that she, maybe she was planning or wanting to end her own life. And she thought, you know, that she wouldn't, wouldn't possibly make it till then. I, I, I had read some comments from people um, on Reddit who said that they had had suicidal ideation in their life and that they kind of felt that way at times where it may not have been specifically 16, but there may have been a certain milestone that they felt like there's no way I'm going to reach that. Right. Um, right. Because of their own depression. So, I mean, maybe it was something like that. Maybe it was 16 felt like, I mean, I, I get that 16 as a young kid, 16 has a certain air to it where you're like, that's a big deal. Turning 16 feels like, right. I don't know. You're a major 16, that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. It's a big milestone. So maybe that was kind of part of it that she felt like, Oh, there's no way that I'm no way I'm going to make it there in the sense of like, that's a, yeah, that's a milestone. That's like a, um, finish line of sorts that she's like, there's no way I'm going to get there. And death was sort of a, in a way, I mean, maybe a metaphor, maybe what she really meant that she wouldn't physically live until then. I don't know. Um, so that was definitely one theory. I was kind of curious about like what the odds were of predicting one's own death correctly. I actually did quite a bit of Googling on that. And of course there's really no, there's no <laughs> real number for that because right. how many people could have possibly done that. And there's probably tons of people who, have maybe thought it and it came true and nobody knew it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, right. The odds of being killed by a serial killer is 0.00039% as of 2012. Jesus. So that's like 3.9 per a hundred thousand in population. So not a great chance of that. But again, she didn't predict being killed by a serial killer. She just said that she was going to die. Right. Um, but hmm. it just seemed, it's crazy to me. Like of all the things she didn't have like an accident. She didn't, get hit by a car like something that has a much higher right. rate of probability she was killed by a serial killer of all things right i think that's um, such a dramatic death that it's like noteworthy that it's not yeah again it's not just like yeah she didn't commit suicide she didn't like get hit by a car she didn't have some kind of like medical issue or something it was like being killed by a serial killer is arguably one of like the most dramatic deaths you can have in the united states yeah I don't know. That just seems, that seems like pretty wild to me and to predict it within three, you know, within three months, which given the length of, you know, 16 years, that's like a statistical variation. Like that's like almost could be wiped away with just like a rounding error, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the theories is there's sort of that idea that if you believe something enough you sort of make it true in a way um like self-fulfilling prophecy type of thing like you manifest it in the new yeah age exactly speak. like yeah sort of that like in a way that you you manifest it or even people were thinking like oh well you know maybe her walking to the store so late at night in what is apparently not a great neighborhood in las vegas from huh. some of the comments that i read on some things people were saying that they 
lived there or currently live there in the city itself. And they were like, yeah, that's not a great neighborhood. That's not a place that I would walk alone at night. Um, But I think it's worth remembering in a sense that as she was approaching her 16th birthday, if anything, she was becoming far more cautious and was being way more careful, didn't want to leave her room or the house even. Um, So maybe she, you know, she kind of felt all this relief after she turned 16 and it did seem like she, I don't know if those walks to the supermarket only took place after she like survived her birthday. And then she kind of felt more free to make these friends or whatever, or could that have been a thing she was doing before her 16th birthday approached and she just resumed it afterwards? I don't know. So maybe it's possible that in a way her, I don't want to say cockiness, but like her increased comfortability after she turned 16 and felt like, Oh, I lived, I, I did it. I don't have anything to be afraid of anymore. Maybe it did make her a little bit more reckless in a sense that she, you know, walked to the store at night alone. That, potentially wasn't a thing that she had really done. Her mom knew that she went with friends, but maybe she didn't really go alone. Right. Um, yeah. So it's possible that in a way her kind of feeling more comfortable in that sense made her maybe do some things that she wouldn't have normally done. Um, right. Again, it's not really possible to totally know. I don't know what was she doing in regards to things like that before her 16th birthday and after, did it change dramatically or was she kind of, had been doing the same thing. It said that she got anxious as her 16th birthday approached, but maybe a little bit before that, was she, would she have gone out to the store at night alone? Was she doing things like that? I don't know. Um, Hmm. And obviously not trying to blame her at all for her death. It is in no way her fault. Right. But just for people saying like, oh, well she, you know, felt like she was going to die anyway. So maybe she just like that happens with people who maybe have like a terminal, diagnosis they might do things a little bit more um out of their norm and a little bit less carefully in a way because they're like well i'm gonna die anyways um right but again this this wasn't as her 16th birthday approach this wasn't her in a mindset of i'm gonna die this was if anything her in a mindset of like great maybe i actually am going to live a long time right so like celebrating the fact that she had lived and yeah becoming yeah she was slightly more reckless because of that but right i I totally get that but i mean still like the odds of being kidnapped and murdered (laughs) by a serial killer that's like astronomical that that would coincide on that specific night well exactly like i feel like even the odds of being killed i mean i can see that going out at night in an unsafe neighborhood probably puts you at risk of other things um you know, of being mugged, of being sexually assaulted or something like that. But I don't know that like going out at night is not necessarily, I don't think, raising your risk of being murdered by that much because I <laughs> right. think that's already a pretty rare thing, again, let alone by a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I don't know. And people were saying too, like the area that she lived was pretty low income. A lot of people either only had one vehicle or had no vehicles. So it wasn't out of the ordinary at all that she was walking to the store. That would have been pretty normal. She probably did do that a lot, both for her own, just going to get a book or going to get candy or even going to get groceries for the family or whatever. So um, it wasn't like that was an odd thing. That wasn't uncharacteristic that she had like this weird feeling that night that she was going to go to the store. Um, That was pretty the fact that her mom didn't blink an eye that she was going to go walk to the store at 11 o'clock to buy a book 
indicates that that was pretty normal. Hmm. So, um, I don't know. I, the thing that gets me is, so not only did Kathy predict for years, for over half her life at that point, that she was going to die at a young age, that she was going to die before she hit 16. Um, but that specific night, her mom woke up out of her sleep. Yeah. And felt like she had been hit on the head, which is how Kathy died. Dude, that's wild. Yeah. That's like and, a, an, an overlooked part of this case is that like the mom, like, cause yeah. again, Kathy, whatever's going on in her mind, she has this, um, you know, death ideation. She's like, you know, believes this in her bones that she's going to die before she's 16. So how the fuck, like what's up with her mom? How did, how was her mom having this like prophetic experience? Yeah. Like the fact that she specifically felt relief. Like I would think that there would have to have been some anxiety and sadness and confusion in the family. Like that would be horrible if your kid felt like they were going to die, if they were convinced of it and scared of it. Like this wasn't just something that Kathy believed and like accepted and was just kind of like morose about it like she right. obviously had a great deal of fear and anxiety if she kind of locked herself away oh yeah approaching her birthday like she was convinced that this was going to happen right um that would be really tough on the whole family on her parents on it seems like maybe she just lived with the mom so her mom was probably feeling a lot of that so um not to say obviously that her mom was like relieved that she was dead but maybe she felt like i don't know kids and parents, I think, do, especially if they're close, do have, like, this kind of psychic connection in a way. And maybe her mom was kind of linked to that anxiety for so long. And then when Kathy died, that anxious link kind of dropped off. And her mom, like, felt this relief of, like, oh, like, that fear is over. Like, that, I don't know, like, lingering on the edge feeling of, like, about to topple was over. And so she kind of, you know, like, they talk about twins being able to tell when the other one's hurt and like feeling it. Like maybe there was some type of connection like that where the mom was like, whoo, like breathed a sigh of relief. Like, Oh good. Like that anxiety is over and, and didn't realize it was her death, but it turns out that it coincided. Well, if she was taken at 11 and was driven an hour away to Lake Mead and was killed, it's very possible that it was around 3 AM that she died. Right. Exactly. And yeah, like that, I wonder if that sense of relief, it's almost like, you know, it's over better for better or worse. She doesn't mm. have to suffer anymore, I guess. Yeah. Which is really sad and kind of dark. Yeah, it is really sad. And, and I'm definitely a believer. Like really the only theories that I saw about that were of course that the mom made that up that she didn't actually wake up. Right. Um, it's possible, which, you know, possible. Yeah. I know. You and I are both believers in that, so I believe that that happened. I don't see why the mom would say that. Like, for yeah, I don't understand why she would make that up. That seems like a weird. Like you're not gaining anything by it. You're not like. I don't know. That just seems like a weird detail to make up. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason for her to do that. Um, and I mean, it's not the first time that that has been said. Again, the twin thing, but other instances of people just somehow knowing that somebody passed away or that something happened. Um obviously in the moment they didn't know what they knew but uh that was gray's dog leo by the way that's leo he's sad to be in his crate but he'll he'll be okay yeah he's fine he's good um yeah so i don't i don't understand why anybody would make that up so i believe that that happened 
Um, and I think to me, again, it just adds another layer to this of like, not only did Kathy know that she was going to die, but her mom knew possibly again, possibly the moment that she died or thereabouts. Um, just, yeah, I just don't, I don't really know what to say about it besides the fact that to me, it does seem unknowable. Like it seems like the likelihood of this girl predicting this, this close is pretty remote. Oh, yeah. So you know, how does this happen? I don't know that I have any theories per se, but I just think it's pretty wild. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, my only theory would be that they're tapping. We can't, we kind of talked about this in the Mothman episode, how there are the concept of beings (laughs) that are able to see time in a way that we're not like, we can just see our present moment, but that there are theoretically beings that can see the breath of time happening all concurrently or they can see it all at once. And so I would imagine, you know, people who have premonitions and can see things like that are tapping into that ability, whether or not humans have it and we've repressed it, or some people are just born with this gift to see time. I don't know. It just seems like too it seems like there's something like, again, there's something happening here between her predicting her own death and her mom experiencing that the night of her death. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that was a wild shriek. Um, that was a shriek. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just seems, it seems legit. It seems like something here happened, whether or not they're tapping into that. Maybe the mother tapped into the sort of like relationship between like how like twins, you know what I mean? They'll like, pick up the phone when one of them is calling just like Mm. knowing that they're calling or whatever, or like they'll like both like one will like break their leg and the other one's like leg will hurt that same time or whatever. Maybe there's like a mother daughter connection there. I don't know. Yeah. So it could be like two different, like two different sort of psychic abilities happening at the same time in the same case. I don't know. I feel like there's something. I think, I mean, yeah, there's something. And I, yeah, I do think people have, abilities like this and i think some of them are less and some are more and some can control it more um like i was talking on my instagram stories the other day about so i had a photo shoot that i was supposed to do the other day that's for any listeners that don't know that's my full-time job is photography um and i went to the location i was sitting there waiting and then i got a phone call from the client saying that they you know, had been caught in this crazy traffic. They were still like 45 minutes away. Mm. Um, they weren't going to be able to make it that night. We had to reschedule. And it wasn't until after she did that again, like totally unpredictable. I had no indication that that was going to happen. And I realized, so like, you know, when you have plans coming up or you have to like go to a meeting or something like, do you ever like imagine what it'll be like? Like you kind of think about like, Oh yeah. You have to like prep yourself. Like, yeah, this is, yeah. You're like, you're prepping, you're kind of imagining you being there, you're imagining, you know, for a photo shoot, I'm imagining like, oh, what will these people be like in real life? You know, I've only Mm. emailed with them or like what spots are we going to walk to? Like, how is it going to go? How am I going to be interacting? Am I going to feel like comfortable or feel awkward? Like you just kind of go over what it'll be like in your mind. Right. Um, But I've realized over the years that in instances like that, when the photo shoot didn't end up happening, I thought back to the day and I was like, I didn't imagine this photo shoot at all. Right. It was just, I knew it was happening. I, you know, 
didn't have any like it's not like I had a negative feeling about it. It wasn't like a a premonition feeling of like oh no, I wasn't feeling negative about it. You know what I mean? It was just right. a just a neutral like I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't think of it beyond that fact. And that's happened to me many times before. Where and it's not that I can realize it in the moment. I didn't realize during the day. I'm not imagining the shoot. Oh my gosh, it's probably going to get canceled. I don't think of it at all until it gets canceled. Um, right. But it's happened to me with like f- plans with friends, with photo shoots, with all kinds of things like that, where I realize after it gets called off and always like when it gets called off out of my control. Right. And it's usually something random like this. Like somebody last minute is like, oh shit, I can't come or we can't meet or whatever. Mm. Um, so I'm like, that has to be some type of premonition type of thing in a sense. Like I'm, my brain, some part of me knows is not going to happen somehow and just isn't even picturing it in my head which is fucked up and i kind of do wish that i could access that before because it would be kind of useful but it always right. like comes on too late where i'm like oh huh like i in a way knew that wasn't going to happen i didn't even bother to think of it to rehearse it in a way in my mind right um so i don't know some people obviously have much stronger versions of that that they can tap into and maybe that's what was going on with kathy she just like in her mind for whether she understood it or not she just knew i'm not gonna live past 16 yeah and she was right so it's wild yeah wild story it's really really sad but yeah so that's that's the story of kathy hobbs that's it that's it it's crazy it's kind of sad yeah it's more sad than scary it is yeah it's not scary it's just heartbreaking this poor kid barely even got to enjoy her life because she spent so much time right just thinking of her death and then right as she got to like oh my god i'm not dying i can i can live now she died right like if she didn't have this premonition she could have just lived a happy life and then like the murder would still be awful and it would have been you know her life would have been cut way too short obviously but at least she would have like enjoyed the time that she had right yeah and not to say that she was miserable all the time but like that would be rough to I mean, as somebody with anxiety, like, yeah, it is rough to, like, always think of something terrible happening. Right. And um, that's just awful that she just always felt like she wasn't going to make it. And then, yeah, to have it come true is even worse. So, super sad, but we are definitely curious to hear from any of you listening. Have you had any type of, you know, sort of predicting the future? Do you have any premonitions? Can you kind of tap into that part of your brain? We definitely want to know because that is pretty neat right we know you're out there so let us know tell us about it yeah hit us up so yeah that's that's kathy hobbs again listeners if you haven't watched unsolved mysteries do it i'm pretty sure all the old stuff is still on uh, amazon prime Mm -hmm. if you have it it's worth getting just for that honestly so do it and um oh yeah the new series is on netflix so go check it out check it out yeah this is, ugh, I don't want to say the number because I'm going to be wrong. Oh, man. We're hacks <laughs> Episode 65? Sure. Fuck. Man. Is it episode 65? <laughs> I should know this. We should both know this. We should both know this. Look, yeah, it is. I'm totally right. Damn. Episode 65. Time is a flat circle. Um, it's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same and nothing matters anymore. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> episode 65 of Unknowable. I hope you enjoyed it. Check us out on Instagram, 
talk to us, give us topic suggestions, yeah. give us feedback, tell us how much you like Gray's voice because mm-hmm. we know you do. Please, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that was like a good example of Gray like not fully listening to me, and then he kind of like clicked in right after I said it. And he's like, "Fuck, fuck yeah!" Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. oh wait, yeah, fuck, people do. <laughs> oh wait, that was about me. Uh, yeah, it's cool, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. People love your voice. Yeah. You've gotten multiple requests for reading people bedtime stories. Somebody, if so. somebody wants to give me a uh, a book deal where I read books, you want to pay me to do it, I will happily do so. Yeah, yeah. For anybody listening, Gray will happily take money via Venmo, and he will yes. read you things. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Just you know, give him whatever you want him to read. He'll give you some a quote. Just pop over some Venmo, and boom, boom. You'll get a nice little audio file be great an audio file for you audio files out there oh oh nice that was good yeah it's not creepy i don't think so at all i'm like a little jealous actually nobody wants recordings of me the fuck (laughs) nobody has asked me to read anything maybe maybe i'll get some after this dang it yeah i'm also open to that (laughs) if anybody if any of you weirdos want it you're not a weirdo for wanting gray's voice but you are a weirdo for wanting my voice yeah I don't know. Everybody here's yeah. listening likes your voice enough to be listening to this episode. So that's true. I have definitely stopped listening to podcasts because I didn't like somebody's voice. Oh my so, god! Yeah, Jesus, that's like it's a pretty, it's strong. That's an instant turn off. Like I will instantly turn off the podcast if somebody's voice sucks. Oh yeah, yeah. I I might give it like a couple episodes, but if I can't get past somebody's voice, I will just nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. So yeah, I mean, if somebody's sticking around for sixty-five episodes, which I feel like I'm looking at you, Scotto. You might be the only one. Right. Actually, you and James, probably the only two. Right. That maybe have been here the whole time. We appreciate you. Um, We really do, because I cannot even believe it. Joel is kind of in there. Joel, I think, has heard most, although he admitted recently to skipping over some episodes that didn't interest him. So this is an official call out to Joel. It's just, I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. Like, what kind of friend is that? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of friend is that? I mean, to be fair, my wife, Abby, has not listened to a single episode of Unknowable. Yeah, yeah, it's true. My husband, Nate, list- edits the episode, so he has to kind of listen to a little bit, but he has not willingly sat down and listened to any of them either. So, Right. Yeah, we... Nate insists that someday we should do an episode with him and Abby on, and it should just be us trying to convince them of an unknowable topic, yes. like to convince them to come to our side and then them just criticizing us. But I just know it's going to be an hour of them making fun of us. A hundred percent. They're, they're both so skeptical and so dubious of the things that we believe in that it would actually be very difficult to convince them of anything. And that would be, yeah, it would be kind of awesome. Actually, we should, we should try that. It'd be kind of fun. We should probably try that. So, yeah. If you listeners are interested enough, let us know. And if we get enough positive feedback to that, maybe we will finally have them on. But think about it. Yeah. If I want to be abused for an hour. Right. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> not sure. Uh, uh, all right. All right. Well, this was episode 65 of Unknowable. Unknowable. <laughs> Love you. Love <laughs> you.